by Free Speech. Been nice knowing ya. See ya later. Mass facial recognition is rolling out and you can't stop it. And virtue signaling. All tonight coming up tonight. I keep saying tonight because it's night where I am. It's morning where you are. Good morning. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Ah. Ah. Join us in the live chat. We're there. If you have an account on Rumble, which is free to sign up for, you can make your comments on the video. You can join us in our live chat if you want. You can follow the show, which is that green button over there. Please do that. And man, we got such a... Uh, a variety pack tonight, a real variety pack, I'm telling you. <laughs> right now, though, let's uh, tell you about Brickhouse Nutrition. They are the company that is going to get your health back in shape. Folks, fruits and vegetables, I know, the minute you hear that, you're like, mm, nah. They are the absolute key to healthy living, but... While fruits and veggies and healthy diet, absolutely, they are not easy to deal with. You gotta cook them. You gotta go out and buy them. You gotta prepare them. And sometimes when you buy them, you bring them home. By the time you get back around to getting ready to eat them and prep them, they've gone off. There isn't an easy way, and that's probably why you don't get enough of the proper fruits and vegetables. Well, Brickhouse Nutrition has solved that problem. Science-backed formula of specific, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables all ground into an amazing tasting powder. It really is. It is a treat in and of itself, even if you just mix it with water. But you don't have to. You can put it in whatever you're drinking. Green tea, orange juice. Water's fine, too. Just mix it in. These are real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and they will make the biggest difference in your test results and your doctor visits. Your doctor will be dancing in the room over your readings next time you get a checkup. It really will. You know, I can't promise that, of course. But I'm telling you, you put Field of Greens in your diet, you will, you will be amazed at the results. And great tasting flavors, too. Just check out some of this stuff. Field, Field of Greens. Here is uh, some of their products. Uh, they've got a wild berry, lemon lime, raw, uh, the original strawberry lemonade. Mmm, 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 mmm. This is good. Field of Greens, the most essential part of a healthy diet, and you will love it, and it is good for you, which is the best part of all. Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition. Use our special link, which is down there in the show notes, to check out Field of Greens, and you will get an amazing offer. Great discounts now from the Jay Sheldon Show and Brickhouse Nutrition, Field of Greens. Thanks, Field of Greens, for helping to uh, come on board and sponsor the show. All right. Freedom of speech. It is coughing up blood. Owen Schroyer, you probably know that name if you're a conservative. He has just begun serving a 60-day prison sentence for his role in January 6th. His role in January 6th was exercising his First Amendment right 
to free speech. And they locked him up. This police state we are living in locked him up for 60 days. Political prisoner. He's reported to federal prison for a speech crime. 1984 style. Now, if you don't know Owen Schroyer, he works for InfoWars. So, of course, if he works for InfoWars, you're supposed to not care and just ignore it and act like it's okay. It is not okay, whoever he works for. Owen Schroyer did nothing wrong. Quote from Schroyer said, I was not a part of any larger plan for illegal activity or violence that day. That's what he told the D.C. court. And still this corrupt U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly sentenced him, the same communist that sent the Proud Boys, Enrique Tarrio, to federal prison for a record-setting 22 years, sentenced Owen Schroyer for shouting 1776 to two months in prison for the crime of his speech. He never called for violence, but because he said things that made people mad, He's responsible for, as they say, stoking the flames. Now, just to clarify, prosecutors charged Schroyer because he had previously signed a deferred prosecution agreement after he interrupted a congressional hearing in 2019. He had agreed, as part of that case, not to utter, quote, loud, threatening, or abusive language, or to engage in any disorderly or disruptive conduct at any place upon the United States Capitol grounds. He shouted, 1776. Your free speech under this corrupt Biden administration It's not even Biden, because he's so freaking out of his mind, lost it, pumped up on whatever the hell he's pumped up on. He has no concept. Are you kidding me? This man has no idea what day it is. Probably half time forgets what his name is. But the people behind the uh, the scenes pulling the strings, that's where the corruption is. Biden just licks his stamp of approval. Here, sign this. We are all Owen Schroyer right now. And the DOJ is sending a message to all of us. That's the idea behind this. Scare you. Make sure that, uh, make sure that you keep your head down. You don't exercise your free speech. It's what it's all about. Scaring you. If you use your First Amendment right 
absolute right. By the way, if you didn't know it already, I am a free speech, ab- free speech absolutist. You have an absolute right to say whatever you want, unless, of course, you're inciting violence, breaking the law in some way, other way. But you have, I don't care, you know, in current affairs, you support Hamas, you support Israel, you support Ukraine, you support, I don't care. You're a commie liberal dirtbag. You have every right to say whatever it is you want to say. And I also have that right. We are equal grounds when it comes to that. Use your First Amendment to push back against these tyrants. There's no better way to describe them. Tyrants currently in power. Hopefully not for much longer. But be prepared. They will arrest you. They will put you in prison. It's going to depend on how committed you are to supporting your rights. Otherwise, you are going to lose them. Oh, Jay, come on. That's not possible. You'd never lose your First Amendment right to... Oh, really? In many ways, you already have. The Biden regime could not be any clearer. Challenge us, and we will throw you in prison. Do not... Let them get away with this. Stand up. Speak out. Speak your peace. Exercise your right to free speech every day, in every way, or you will lose it. This, by the way, is Owen Schroyer's Rumble page which I strongly encourage you to go check it out. It's slash Owen, rumble.com slash Owen. There's a link in our show notes. Follow Owen over there. He's obviously not going to be posting. But there are X accounts in which they are trying to get as many updates and things as they can. So you can also follow him over there on X. This is a nightmare and it isn't going to stop. And they don't want it to stop. They are going to do everything they can to, if not take away, then certainly suppress your right to free speech. It is one of the things, if not the thing, that makes this country all that it is and different from most every other country on the planet. That freedom of speech. Trust me, I currently live in a country where you absolutely have no... They'd like to make you think that you do. You do not. Trust me, 
I love this place. It's a wonderful, full of incredible people, amazing country. There is one thing. If I could wave a wand, there is no freedom of speech here. It really isn't. You have to step, you know, somebody said, how can you do this show? It's all about America and conservative values and you're a patriot, but you're kind of an expatriate. I'm not an expatriate. Do not call me an expatriate. I am a patriot, true and true. I do not live any longer in the U.S. That doesn't matter. What's in here is what matters. And what's in here is my love for my country, the United States of America and its First Amendment right of free speech, among many, many other things we have. But trust me, when you step outside and you look back over the border into what's happening out there from outside of that bubble, you see things in an entirely different perspective. Eye-opening and frightening all at the same time. Trust me on that one, because I've done it, I'm living it. You have no idea what it's like. Do not ever give up your right to free speech and do everything you can to fight for it, like Owen Schroyer does. We're all Owen Schroyer. Oh, man. Hey! Ground Zero Hal 9000, back in the chat, one of our P1 viewers. We Americans do not have to support Israel or Ukraine's criminal behavior or any other shithole nation on this planet, but our own USA, a.k.a. the United States of America. Denazification matters. Mm-hmm. I'm called anti-Israeli. I'm not. I'm now being targeted by pro-Nazi elements in the media and the internet. Stand strong, Hal 9000. Know that you are doing the right thing. <laughs> Everything going on in the world today everything going on in the world today. The Middle East, the open borders. That's not what I wanted. Where's what I wanted? <laughs> Did you see this? You know, the speaker, we, we expect, by the way, by maybe about three o'clock this afternoon, we may have a new speaker. And I'm kind of, you know, Jordan backed out, chickened out. I don't know what the reasons were. I'm sure we're never going to find out. Everything these idiots do is behind closed doors. These people who work for us. But since Jordan's not there anymore, or he's pulled himself out, we'll see what happens. Look at this headline. McCarthy, idiot, melts down after losing ability to handpick the next speaker. Aw, Kevin, there's a reason we threw your ass out of that chair. Live with it. He floats a plan to reinstall himself as speaker with Jordan as 
assistant speaker. Yeah. Uh, no, that ain't happening. Go away. Oh, man. You know, you re seriously, the last couple of weeks without a speaker and all the bullshit that's been happening, a lot of it behind closed doors where you and I don't know what's going on or what's being said. It's just shown us exactly what these people are like and what these people think of you and I, whom they work for although you'd never know it. Oh, and while the world is burning, the Biden administration is really focused, laser focused on the important stuff, like banning menthol cigarettes. Yeah. As the world burns. They began talking about a ban on menthol cigarettes back in April. And now they're looking at it again because eh, it's not like there's anything else going on, right? Yeah, kind of quiet. Everything's relaxed. Everybody's having a good time, making tons of money. The price of everything's down. Inflation's down. Everything's good. No conflicts going on around the world. So hey, maybe it's time we ought to start thinking about that menthol cigarette ban again, huh? <laughs> they proposed a menthol cigarette ban, which could become a thorn in Biden's side, not that he needs any more thorns, but uh, political operatives are planning to run ads attacking him. FDA initially proposed rules that prohibited menthol cigarettes and flavored cigarettes in April of 2022. And this idea was to prevent children from becoming the next generation of smokers. To help adult smokers quit. They had an August deadline, which they missed, and they said it remains a top issue. They're nearing the end of the process. Folks, I smoke. I know. I've smoked since I was 14 years old, which is like 4,000 years ago. I don't like smoking. I hate smoking. If there was a magic wand I could wave and I could never want another cigarette, I'd wave it in a minute. But there isn't. I am addicted and I cannot quit. I have tried everything. And when I say everything... Don't say, oh, how about this? How about try this? No, shut up, sit down. I've tried it. Acupuncture, gum, patches, cold turkey, whatever. I literally have tried everything. Nothing works. If they think banning menthol and flavored cigarettes is going to get people to quit, you're more stupid than I ever gave you credit for. Not you, my audience. These idiots from the government. Please, virtue signaling bullshit. And like I said, ultimately, the world is on fire. 
and it's potentially about to get a lot worse. And you're going to worry about menthol cigarettes. Yeah, nice. Anyway, Mike Johnson, apparently, this afternoon, will likely be elected as the new speaker. Here's a post. When did he post this? Uh, just a couple weeks ago. One thing that remains clear, this is potentially, likely, our new speaker. One thing that remains clear, the list of credible allegations that Joe Biden engaged in bribery schemes continues to grow. The Constitution specifically lists bribery as a cause for impeachment. Impeachment. This is Johnson speaking. This is ex-feed. We cannot have a precedent that is bought and paid for by foreign adversaries. Article 1, Section 2 of the Constitution itself expressly states that the sole power of impeachment belongs here to this House. And then Article 2, Section 4 says, listen to the language carefully. It's expressly written in the Constitution. This is not political talking points. We're not making this up. It says in Article 2, Section 4, that the President shall be removed from office on impeachment for and conviction of treason, bribery, or other high crimes and misdemeanors. My friends, I just listed a, just a small sampling, just the tip of the iceberg of, of the credible allegations and the mounting evidence that shows that Joseph Biden has engaged in bribery schemes, pay-to-play schemes. This is what the evidence shows. We have to follow it. We took an oath to uphold the Constitution. The Constitution requires this action. The inquiry is the appropriate step. We have no choice to pursue the facts wherever they lead, and we will leave no stone unturned. There you go. You know, I preferred Jordan, but if we can't have him, this guy's going to make a really interesting speaker. If he's not bought and paid for, honestly, I don't know that much about that guy. Not many people know that much about that guy. But perhaps that's exactly why he ought to be in the speaker's position. Because instead of running in front of every TV camera every time he, there's a lens in the room, this guy pretty much puts his head down and gets the job done. The reason you don't know him might be exactly why we need this guy in the speaker's chair. Because he's not one of these, you know, never met a camera or a news crew he didn't like. He's getting the job done. And by the way, what he is talking about there is the impeachment. Remember that? Oh, yeah, the impeachment. Articles of impeachment were passed today in the House. Anybody know about this? I didn't. Until I saw this X feed, the Trump impeachment, remember them? Yeah, of course you do, because you couldn't turn on a news channel or pick up a newspaper that you didn't read about in detail, 24-7 headlines. The minute anybody, even that there was a hint, there might be an impeachment of Trump. Boom, headlines, crawlers at the lower third. Every news story. Now, what are we hearing? Nothing. 
Nothing. Take a look. This was the voting. On this vote, the yeas are 219, the nays are 208. The resolution is adopted. Without objection, the motion reconsiders laid on the table. There you go. So, yes, there is still an impeachment going on. Could we, could we please, please get this moron out of office? Not just him, but his handlers, who are the real trouble. All right, switching subjects, speaking of trouble, these two scumbags. This is from uh, the Las Vegas Review Journal. You remember the story about these two creep teens who murdered a, is it retired or off-duty? I believe he was a retired police officer. They were in court today. Teens facing murder charges laughing at each other across the courtroom and flipping off the victim's family. Seriously, just sending them a middle finger. Two teenagers accused of killing 66-year-old bicyclist. You remember the footage. You've seen it. Everybody saw it. It was absolutely disgusting. They were seen laughing and smiling in the direction of the victim's family during a court hearing yesterday. Both faced charges of murder in connection with the fatal hit-and-run crash that killed Andrea Probst, retired police chief's widow and daughter, 60-year-old Crystal Probst, and 27-year-old Taylor Probst, said they saw the two teenagers laugh in their direction and flipped them off while they were waiting for Tuesday's hearing to start. Crystal, the daughter, said she did not. She refused to let these two scums bother her, although she believes they were trying to intimidate her. It just makes him look bad, she said, after describing Ayala pointing his middle finger in her direction. These two have been indicted on charges of murder, attempted murder, failing to stop at the scene of a crash, battery, residential burglary, grand larceny of a vehicle, and possession of a stolen vehicle. Both, not surprisingly, have pleaded not guilty. Even though they recorded the murder and posted it online. She said, the daughter, how can you sit there after taking a man's life and act like such entitled P-word? Unbelievable. She continues to attend the court hearings. It's just, and there's a video. I'm not going to play it because I am not giving these two one screen frame. Of publicity. But there is a video out there if you want to see it. 
And these two scumbags are sitting there like laughing at each other, giggling, having murdered in cold blood and filmed the murder of this retired police chief. Life, no parole, no questions asked. Shut the door, throw away the key, you're done. And no plea bargains either. In the beginning of the show, we talked about your free speech right and how they're trying to take it from you, little bites at a time. Well, your freedoms across the pond, again, this is a show about America and the problems and issues and sometimes the good things that we have going on. But I do pay attention to what's happening in other parts of the world that potentially are coming here next because that happens a lot. And this one is yet another. French politicians are already using the potential of terror threats to call for mass facial recognition rollout. Now look, the potential for terror threats, especially in this country, where we have an open southern border and we just let them in. No tracking, no nothing. We don't know who's here. Oh, sure. But they're going to use that. And trust me, it will be here next. Surrounded by controversy, Laurent Wauquet, president of the Avogne-Rhône-Alpes region, affiliated with Les Républicains, has raised eyebrows. He has called for legislative amendments to facilitate the implementation of facial recognition in high school. The proposal, which is aimed at beefing up the security at schools, polarized opinions, and ignited debates about privacy rights, and surveillance boundaries. But his proposal is getting support in all the right places. And you know what that means. It won't be long. They'll have passed it. They'll have implemented it in, in France. UK likely be next. Maybe Germany. Oh, Germany. Oh, yeah, yeah. They'd be all for this if they don't already have it. And guess who's next? Guess whose life will never be the same because there's a camera on you and it recognizes your face. Can you say social credit scores? Can you say the communist Chinese? Hmm? Keep an eye out. Gonna happen. It may be happening a long ways away from us right now, but it only takes a moment. I don't know if you saw the story or not. I had not heard of this until today. I was today years old when I heard this story and it's freaking me out. Do you fly? You fly regularly? Most people do these days. 
An Alaskan airline pilot has been arrested. He tried to stop the plane's engines. Why? He was tripping on shrooms. I'm not making this up. He, he actually did stop the engines. Far leftist Alaskan airline pilot tripping on shrooms. He told a flight attendant, you need to cuff me right now or it's going to get bad. It's been revealed the off-duty pilot who allegedly caused San Francisco-bound Horizon Air Flight to divert to Portland by attempting to turn off the engines mid-flight told police he was high on magic mushrooms at the time. 44 years old, his name is Joseph Emerson, admitting to having consumed the psychedelic drug prior to boarding the plane. He said he thought he was dreaming when he nearly downed the aircraft. It's also revealed Emerson is a leftist that tweeted against Donald Trump and in favor of union issues for pilots. There's his posts. According to the criminal complaint, Emerson told an officer, it was my first time taking psilocybin and that he hadn't slept in 40 hours. I thought I was dreaming and I just want to wake up. He said when asked why he decided to try and activate the plane's fire suppression systems, which would have blocked fuel from entering the engines, which would have shut them off, which would have crashed the plane. I messed everything up, he told the flight attendant. You need to cuff me now or it's going to be bad. He also tried to open one of the emergency doors, but they talked him out of it. Touched down the plane, promptly arrested, charged by deputies, faces 83 counts of attempted murder. That's how many people were on the plane. 83 counts of reckless endangerment, and one count of endangering an aircraft. He'll be in court Tuesday. Who's flying your plane? Somebody high on mushrooms? <laughs> this should scare the hell out of you, does it not? Unbelievable. Remember President Calvin Coolidge? No, of course you don't. Nobody alive today would remember Calvin Coolidge. He is famous for a lot of stuff, but one of the things is a saying that he has that said business, the, the, the business of America is business. Truer words. He might have added the business of America is to pursue profits. Some corporate leaders, others seem to have kind of forgotten the idea 
that you're in business to make money. And some companies, not just some, quite a few, seem to have lost the beat. Embracing all kinds of policies that are no more than just plain old virtue signaling. A few years ago, a prevailing motif, corporate social responsibility, remember that all now? Political correct buzzwords, social goals. They decided to go after the deep pockets of the world's capitalists. Stupidly enough, the capitalists listened and wound up making woke, ridiculous, politically correct policies that not only didn't do anything to advance the profits the company was making, which is your job, but it actually wound up costing the company money to be woke. Uh, Bud Light, anybody? Target? There's an article here from the Washington Examiner, which I put in the show notes, and I encourage you strongly to read it. It's all about this whole idea behind companies' virtue signaling at the expense of making money for their shareholders and how it really needs to stop. Check out the link in our show notes. This virtue signaling awoke, woke, culture that we've developed. It's just making us all more stupid. And by way of a rather loosely linked segue, you probably don't have to be part of the woke culture to be more stupid. Now, it's okay if you're stupid. It's okay if you're uneducated. In Oregon, you don't even need to pass basic reading or writing or maths. This is insane. Links in our show notes to this article. It's from OregonLive.com. Oregon again says students don't need to prove any mastery of reading, writing, or math to graduate. Because they say, here we go, it's harmful to students of color. They had paused this whole controversial policy back in 2020, and now, back in effect. The vote went against dozens of Oregonians who submitted public comments, insisting the standards be reinstated. Even the Republican gubernatorial candidate, Christine Drazen, backlash against the lower standard had already delayed the vote, which was originally going to take place in September. 
Opponents argued pausing the requirement devalues an Oregon diploma. You think? Students with low academic skills giving them extra instruction in writing, math, which most high schools did in response to the graduation rules. But leaders at the Oregon Education Department, members of the state school board, who traditionally don't listen to the people who voted them into office, you think our Congress is, get it on a local level, said requiring all students to pass one of several standardized tests or create an in-depth assignment their teacher judged as meeting the state standards was a harmful hurdle for historically marginalized students. So let's not give them a goal to encourage them to work harder, study harder, gain the knowledge. Let's just say it's okay. Don't worry about it. You don't need to have this, you know, education stuff. You don't need to show any kind of skills in math and writing, reading. That's okay. Don't worry about it. I know you're oppressed. It's okay. The people fought back. The people said, don't do this. And they pretty much just said, we're going to do it anyway. We don't care what you said. Okay. We're going to move into our book in just a minute. i got one last thing for you, and this is funny as hell. This is so funny. Hang on. i got to go full screen with this because it's just too funny. There is no sound. It is a dog in his pen. And he doesn't want to be in his pen. <laughs> I have a very funny personal story from over 60 years ago. It's about me. I know. But before we get there, just take a look at this video. Look at this dog. <laughs> he just doesn't get it. He doesn't apparently understand. He's being stopped by the bars of the playpen. <laughs> and he won't give up. A for effort, buddy. Keep trying. <coughs> now, let me just pause this. Hold on. You see this playpen. Very quick per point of personal privilege here. In the old days, my old days, which was the early 60s, late 50s almost, they had these playpens. They looked very much like this. But the floor and the bottom was split in half. And it had two little holes, and you could you put your fingers in, you lift up the bottom, and that way you could fold it all up flat, put it away. And then when you opened it back up again, you put the flaps down, okay? My mom tells this story. Obviously, I was too young to remember. But I was just apparently past walk, learning to walk age. She is in the other room, I'm in the playpen, and she hears this scraping sound across the floor. She's like, 
the hell is that? So she comes into the living room, I think, from the kitchen. And here I am. I have picked up the two parts of the floor boards. I got them in my hands like this. And now I'm, I'm on the floor. And I'm walking across. The, I, I'm not kidding. I don't know this is true. My mom tells this story. And I'm walking across the living room carrying my playpen in my hands, scraping it as I go. I was a rabble rouser back then, and I'm a rabble rouser today, so get used to it. <laughs> true story. I, I think a true story. I don't remember. I was like, what, four, maybe? Anyway. Ah, oh, man. All right. <laughs> We're going to move on to Lord of the Flies. Uh, as you know, we read books at the last part of this show. Been doing it forever. And all classic children's literature in order to get you to read, get your kids to read, most importantly of all, whether they're in the playpen or not. And so uh, we are continuing on with Lord of the Flies. We're up to uh, Chapter 8, about halfway through that right now. And lots going on when we left off yesterday morning. So let's jump right back in. This is by William Golding, published back in 1954, Lord of the Flies. Of course, the smoke won't show much, not to be seen so far away, but we needn't go near the... near the... The others nodded in perfect comprehension. There would be no need to go near. We'll build the fire now. The greatest ideas are the simplest. Now there was something to be done, they worked with passion. Piggy was so full of delight, expanding liberty and Jack's departure, so full of pride in his contribution to the good of society that he helped to fetch wood. The wood he fetched was close at hand, a fallen tree on the platform that they didn't need for the assembly, yet to the others the sanctity of the platform had protected even what was useless there. Then the twins realized they would have a fire near them as a comfort in the night, and this set a few little ones dancing and clapping hands. The wood wasn't so dry as the fuel they'd used on the mountain. Much of it damply rotten, full of insects that scurried. Logs had to be lifted from the soil with care, or they crumpled into sodden powder. And more than this, in order to avoid going deep into the forest, the boys worked near at hand on any fallen wood, no matter how tangled with new growth. The skirts of the forest, the scar, were familiar. Near the conch and the shelters and sufficiently friendly in daylight. What they might become in darkness, nobody cared to think. They worked, therefore, with great energy and cheerfulness. Though as time crept by, there was a suggestion of panic in the uh, energy and hysteria in the cheerfulness. They built a pyramid of leaves, twigs, branches, logs on the bare sand by the platform. For the first time on the island, Piggy himself removed his one glass, knelt down, and focused 
the rays of the sun on tinder. And soon there was a ceiling of smoke and a bush of yellow flame. The little ones who'd seen new fires since the first catastrophe began and became wildly excited. They danced and sang. There was a partyish air about the gathering. At last, Ralph stopped work, stood up, smudging the sweat from his face with a dirty forearm. We'll have to have a small fire. This one's too big to keep up. Piggy sat down carefully on the sand and began to polish his glass. We could experiment. We could find out how to make a small hot fire, then put green branches on to make smoke. Some of them leaves must be better for that than the others. As the fire died down, so did the excitement. The little ones stopped singing and dancing and drifted away towards the sea or the fruit trees or the shelters. Ralph dropped down in the sand. We'll have to make a new list of who's to look after the fire. If you can find them. He looked round, and for the first time he saw how few biggins there were and understood why the work had been so hard. Where's Maurice? Piggy wiped his glasses again. I expect... No, he wouldn't go into the forest by himself, would he? Ralph jumped up, ran swiftly round the fire, and stood by Piggy, holding up his hair. But we've got to have a list. There's you, me, Sam Narek, and he wouldn't look at Piggy, but spoke casually. Where's Bill and Roger? Piggy leaned forward, put a fragment of wood on the fire. I expect they've gone. I expect they won't play either. Ralph sat down and began to poke little holes in the sand. He was surprised to see that one had a drop of blood in it. He examined his bitten nail closely and watched the little globe of blood that gathered where the quick was gnawed away. Piggy went on speaking. <coughs> I've seen them stealing off when we was gathering wood. They went that way, same way as he went himself. Ralph finished his inspection, looked up in the air. The sky, as if in sympathy with the great changes among them, was different today. So misty that in some places the hot air seemed white. The disk of the sun was a dull silver, as though it were nearer and not so hot, yet the air stifled. <clears throat> They've always made trouble, haven't they? The voice came near his shoulder and sounded anxious. We can do without him. We'll be happier now, won't we? Ralph sat. Twins came, dragged a great log, and grinning in their triumph, dumped the log among the embers, embers so the sparks flew. We can do all right on our own, can't we? For a long time, the log dried, caught fire, turned red hot. Ralph sat in the sand and said nothing. He didn't see Piggy go to the twins and whisper to them, or how the three boys went together into the forest. <clears throat> Here you are, came to himself with a jolt. <coughs> Piggy and the other two were by him. They were laden with fruit. I, I thought perhaps, said Piggy, 
We ought to have a, a feast, kind of. The three boys sat down. They had a great mass of fruit with them, of all properly ripe. They grinned at Ralph as he took some and began to eat. Thanks, he said. Then, with an accent of pleased surprise, Thanks. Do all right on our own, said Piggy. It's them that haven't got no common sense. Make trouble on this island. We'll make a little hot fire. Ralph remembered what was worrying him. Where's Simon? I don't know. You don't think he's climbing the mountain? Piggy broke into noisy laughter and took more fruit. <laughs> he might be. He gulped his mouthful. He's cracked. Simon had passed through the area of fruit trees, but today the little ones had been too busy with the fire on the beach, and they hadn't pursued him there. He went on among the creepers till he reached the great mat that was woven by the open space and crawled inside. Beyond the screen of leaves, the sunlight pelted down, and the butterflies danced in the middle their unending dance. He knelt down, and the arrow of the sun fell on him. That other time in the air had seemed to vibrate with heat, but now it threatened. Soon sweat was running from his long, coarse hair. He shifted restlessly, but there was no avoiding the sun. Presently he was thirsty, and then very thirsty. He continued to sit. Far off along the beach, Jack was standing before a group of boys. He was looking brilliantly happy. Hunting, he said. He sized them up. Each of them wore the remains of a black cap, and ages ago they'd stood in two demure rows, and their voices had been the song of angels. We'll hunt. I'm going to be chief. They nodded, and the crisis passed easily. And then... About the beast. They moved, looked at the forest. I say this. We aren't going to bother about the beast. He nodded at them. We are going to forget the beast. That's right. Yes, forget the beast. If Jack was astonished by their fervor, he didn't show it. And another thing. We shan't dream so much down here. This is near the end of the island. They agreed passionately out of the depths of their tormented private lives. Now listen, we might go later to Castle Rock, but now I'm going to get more of the biggins away from the conch and all that. We'll kill a pig, give a feast. He paused and went on more slowly. And about the beast. When we kill, we'll leave some of the kill for it. Then it won't bother us. Maybe. He stood up abruptly. We'll go into the forest now and hunt. He turned, trotted away, and after a moment, they followed him obediently. And that's where we'll knock it off for tonight. The hunt is on. And the beast is still out there. <laughs> I'm loving this book. Lord of the Flies.
1954. Wow. All right, folks, thanks so much for popping by. I really appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your day. Please join us again here tomorrow, and uh, I will be back. Make sure you hit that follow button. Join us on our Locals channel for behind-the-scenes exclusive-only subscriber videos. Cool stuff. And, uh, yeah, thanks again. I will see you again tomorrow.